Amen. Praise God. Psalms 34, verse number 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is is good. Verse 1 of chapter 55 in the book of Isaiah. I know there's more to that. Blesses a man to trust him in him. I see that. I understand that. Isaiah 55 and 1. Everybody say ho. Ho is like saying oh. Same thing. You say oh. Taste and see. It's one of those statements where you're trying to get someone's attention before you say something that they really need to be paying attention to. And sometimes you see the word O and the word ho written as this. Whoa! Like, whoa! Listen up. Or last! A-L-A-S. It's God is saying, and it's normally a, an exclamation point that will come after last. And, and it's really God trying to get the attention of his people. He's saying, I'm about to make a serious proclamation that you need to be paying attention to. And before I begin, I want you to, I want to kind of alert you. It's like when someone kind of startles you first and gets your attention before they say what they had to say. Now, all the Bible is important, but I find it very interesting that sometimes the Holy Ghost, I mean, God is, I mean, if he wants somebody's attention, all he got to do is kind of let, give him a little buzz, a taser. He got his own personal taser. Amen. But he chose to say, ho! Get your attention. And so he continues on first when he said, oh, taste and see the Lord is good how many tasted him seeing that the Lord is good how many how many have tasted of his goodness I'm not convinced ho everyone that thirsteth come ye to the waters if you're thirsty, there's some water for you. And he that have no money, I can identify. Come ye. Now notice this. It seems like a paradox, an oxymoron. He that have no money. Everybody say no money. No money. You can identify with that. Probably. I don't know. Come ye. Buy. Now, he just said, I don't have any money. And then he says, come ye and buy. To me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And eat. If you don't have any money, you can come, you can buy, and you can eat. Yay! Come! Buy wine. Now, I'm going to just break it down right now. 
Help you out really quickly. Stay away from the liquor store. The word wine in the scripture, in every instance, the word wine in every instance, whether it's fermented, unfermented, anything that was pressed from the grapes were called wine. You don't see anything that says grape juice in the Bible. A couple of times Jesus made it clear, he said the fruit of the vine. In the on the Last Supper, I know you're standing, and we know at the Last Supper they was drinking wine, right? Because you know every Sunday people drinking wine. But at the Last Supper, Jesus said the fruit of the vine. Amen. Every time, every time you drink fruit of the vine, it's called wine in Scripture. Now there are obviously instances where the fruit of the vine was fermented, some of it for a long time, made it ruby red. Other times you don't know, but in, in the Middle East, grape juice, they put it, they, 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 uh, they store it, keep it, but they water it down so much that you can't really get drunk off of it. Hello? Now, again, there's strong drink, intoxicated drinks, there's all sorts. I'm not saying people didn't get drunk in the Bible. All right? I'm not saying that. But I just want to make that statement clear. I'm not going to teach you on wine and drinking and all that. Period. I'm just making statements. Just wanted, I just had to throw that in there. Get the preacher know all person had is buy some wine. Or the preacher said buy some wine. Come buy wine and milk without money. Amen. And Without price. So he said, hey, you don't have any money. You can come, you can buy, and you can eat. And come and buy wine without money. You buy it, you, but you, you don't have any money. And without price. Verse number two, wherefore do you spend money? Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread? Why are you spending all your money on some bread and it really doesn't satisfy you? And your labor for that which satisfieth not. Hearken diligently unto me and eat ye that which is good. And let your soul delight itself in fatness. It's okay to be fat in the Bible. He said, delight yourself in fatness. Fatness was always the best part of the meat. That stuff around it, you know, people don't want, they want to cut all out. In the Bible, that was the choicest part around it. You know, that's, that's that juiciest part. It's dripping. <laughs> Y'all catch that later. <laughs> I want to preach to you on this subject. Show me the money. Show me the money. You can be seated. See, that title was one of those, oh! (laughs) Show me 
the money. Costco's, I uh, have a Costco card. I like my Costco card. I also have, well, my wife has a Costco card. And I have a BJ's card. I love going to BJ's. Amen. I would rather go to BJ's. You know me, I don't fool with a Walmart. I go on there when I can, get my stuff, and get out. If you can get out. But I love Costco's. I love BJ's. I don't know if Price Club is like this. They don't, they don't even have Price Club probably more. Uh, they have Sam's Club. The Sam's Club. Uh, and, and Costco's and BJ's, you, you know, you, you go in, and I like to go in and, and uh, because in each of those aisles near the food, they had a sample food. Amen. And I like going around lunchtime because I can go around and sampling all the food. I have no intention of buying any of it most of the time. Now, I don't really care if I'm really going in the front section or the electronic section to get an item. I am going over to the food section to get me some free food. Amen. And so they give you the opportunity to get little samples of food to see if you like it. And so what they're saying is, I want you to taste it. And they they are assuming that if you taste it and if you like it, you're going to buy it. And so they're saying, oh, taste it and see that what I'm offering you is good. Then I'm only giving you a portion, and if it's good, you're going to want to purchase it. And so when the Bible tells us to all taste and see that the Lord is good, and then he gets into a little more of a dialogue, blesses a man that trusteth in him. In other words, once you taste of him, you're going to realize there's more of him that you can have and more of him that you will want. And I guarantee you, now there have been a couple of times, maybe, maybe at best, that I have actually brought a product from Costco's at that table. Most of the stuff they put out there is good. Matter of fact, some things I know I don't like, so I don't get it. But I go and taste what I know I'm going to like. And, and you know, I'm, more, I'm normally satisfied. They are assuming that when you taste it, you're going to want to buy it. I haven't, I've always, uh, I, I, I don't, I, I don't have a timeshare. I don't own a timeshare. You own a timeshare, just close your ears for a second. Now, I, you know, I, you know, a couple of times I've all, I had almost gotten duped in buying a timeshare. Now, don't, I'm not saying you, that's why I said close your ears. I don't want nobody getting all offended. What are you talking about me? I almost got a timeshare a couple of times. Really did. And it wasn't because. I was so brilliant not to get one. It just that I was so cheap that I wasn't buying one. <laughs> I was getting your free vacation. <laughs> I don't know how many times my wife and I, we did that. We would go to the timeshare, and we had our mind made up. Hey, we're not buying anything. You, we're on the same page, right? We're not buying. And a couple of times, they show us a nice part. It was, I mean, really nice. And I mean, they put us up in the place free. And they put us up in a real, real nice place. But they showed us a place, and they are expecting you to buy once you taste 
what they had to offer. And they want you to be convinced that what they have, nobody else has it. There's no other vacation spot like this. As a matter of fact, if you're going on vacation and staying in a hotel and all that, you're wasting your money. You're throwing your money away. I mean, they just lay it all out. And these guys, after you sit in that 90-minute uh, presentation, drinking that free coffee, drinking that free OJ, eating that donuts, wiping it you know, off your mouth, and they want to take you to go look at their, their property, You've already been on the property because you're staying there. And you're telling the guy over and over and over, we're not buying. We're not buying. We're not buying. And we tell him up front, look, I'm telling you right now, don't waste your breath. I'm telling you right now, I'm not buying anything. I'm here for free. I'm, I'm serious. My wife will tell you. I tell him right up front, I'm just letting you know, man, we're going to do your, your presentation we're going, we're going to do, going to do it because we have to. But you offered us a free whatever just to hear your presentation. I already heard your presentation before. I know what you're going to offer me, and I'm not buying it. That's just the way I am. And so I didn't buy it because, again, I'm cheap. Amen. And so, but there are some things. That when you get a taste of it, you know you want more. And so the scripture said, ho, everyone that is thirsty, won't you come to the waters? And and he that have no money, won't you just come on anyway? Come buy and eat. What he should have said is come eat and buy. Because what it's telling you that you're going to get a taste of something and you're going to get it and it will be absolutely free of charge. But once you buy that portion which is free, you are going to want to buy in. I got a question for you this morning. Have you bought in on the kingdom? Unlike time shares, this is worth your time and it's worth your cost. I'm just going to let you in and you say, well, hey, I, and that we all say salvation is free. Actually, it's not. Now, the grace of God is free. It's free. The Holy Ghost is free. If you want the Holy Ghost... If you're in this place right now and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the, whole, the power of God got a hold of you and did something so supernatural in you that no man can take the credit that you know it's God. When something begin to come out of your mouth, that's not English, it's a, it's a language and a tongue that you have not spoken. You didn't try to conjure it up. God just flowed through you to let you know that I took this unt- un, uh, untamely member, the most untamed part of your body, and I tamed it. And if God, God said, if I'm able to, to take that, the Bible says your tongue is the most unruly member of your body. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And God says, when I fill you with my spirit, I'll let you know right now that if I'm able to take and, and tame that tongue, I can tame any part of you. But that's only a taste. That's why he put it on your tongue, because you taste with your tongue. And so the Holy Ghost 
It's just a taste of the kingdom. And I've seen so many people come into a church building and receive the Holy Ghost and receive the love of God and the grace of God and the power of God and feel so changed and so different. I've seen some people come into the building and be baptized in Jesus' name, come up out of the tank and say, oh, I feel so clean. I feel like all my sins are washed away. This is the best thing since ice cream. Oh, Pastor, this is wonderful. I've never felt like this before. Oh, I had so much weight when I came in the building. And now I feel so light and free. I felt so bound and chained up before. But now I'm able to lift up my hands and praise God. I couldn't do that out there. I feel so good in his presence. And they get high off the experience. And they'll tell me, oh, I'm coming back. I'll be back next week. And you never see him again. You see, the Holy Ghost, the, one, the Bible calls the Holy Ghost new wine. And, and you see the living waters because the Bible calls the Holy Ghost living waters. And, and, and the bread because the Bible calls the word the bread of life. And the milk because the Bible calls the word the sincere milk of the word. These things that God will allow you to get a taste of it. Oh, Yes. But once you come in here and get a taste of it, the whole point of the matter, just like BJ's and just like Sam's Club and just like Costco's, we're going to give you a small portion of taste, and it's absolutely free. You don't have to have any money to get the taste, but if you want to buy in, you're going to need some money. I'm here to tell you, God is saying, show me the money. I have gave you a taste, and oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. But I want to know, is it good enough for you to buy in? Is it good enough for you that you're willing to buy in? I will only pay a hefty price for something that's worth the cost. And I won't value something I paid a dollar for. I'm sorry. I do go to the dollar store. But I'm telling you, if I lost that thing that I purchased at the dollar store, I'm not crying. I'm not. It's like, okay, I just go get another one. It was a dollar. I'm sorry. I'm not going to cry over that. But, hey, because the value is insignificant. So I'm not, I, I, I don't value something from the dollar store. If you value something from the dollar store, God bless you. But I will value something that costs me like $1,000. I mean, I'll act stupid for about $1,000. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Praise God. <laughs> Fool around with when you, when you get that When you get that high, you, 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 you oh, wait a minute now. Praise God. Because I put a little more value on something I put more money into. And I'm see some of you missing. I'm not talking about the green dollars, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about buying in on the kingdom. Because God said, I'm going to give you a taste of it. Now, I'm sorry. I go to BJ's and I go to uh, 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 Costco's and I don't really do Sam's Club. I don't have a Sam's Club card. Uh, do they do the free stuff too? They do? Oh, wow, I got a bunch of sand club people. 
Yeah, all right. I had to get me a Sands Club. I'm hungry. All I got to do is go to all three spots. Stand there for about seven hours. But the point is, when you go there, I'm sorry you don't get full. You just get a taste. But you don't get all you need to satisfy you. And the Holy Ghost said in Isaiah, hey, why are you spending all your money on bread or that which is not bread? And you're laboring, you're toiling for that which can't even satisfy you. People spend so much time, so much energy, so much effort, so much of their resources and their finances. I know I'm getting some of some of you are getting kind of twisted on me right now. It's supposed to be a positive message. I just, I'm, I, we, we, we spend a whole lot on stuff that really doesn't satisfy us. Amen. I'm telling you what, you know, I hadn't been to Disney World in a while. My kids were little, but I, you know. Now, some of you, you, you know, you got a religious thing against Disney World. Oh, that's fine. Whatever. So I, I'll, go, I, I'll go see Mickey. Minnie, Pluto, Goofy, and all those. Amen. But I, right now, the way that's, that doesn't really take priority when I look at my finances. Amen. I had some people say, I don't have any money. Then two weeks later, they tell me they're going to Disney World. You just told me two weeks ago you didn't have any money. You go, you know, so I wouldn't mind going to Disney World and all that. But, I mean, they, they're gonna, it's going to cost. It costs a lot of money. And the bottom line is we put a lot of money into a bunch of stuff that when it's all over, when you know what, most time when I take a vacation, I need a vacation from a vacation. You take a vacation, I mean, it's like you get back, you're like, I need a vacation. <laughs> you just had one. Amen. And I take vacation. I love vacation. But the point of the matter, what I'm trying to stress is sometimes we put a lot of effort and stuff and, and, and planning and resources, money and everything else into things when, when, it's, when, it, when it's all settled, it hadn't even really satisfied us. Now, I see you say, no, I had a good time. I know. Now, if I had a cotton candy stand up here, now some of you wouldn't want one, but guess what? I'll be lined up for that cotton candy. Why? Because it's sweet. It's pure sugar. I know that guy, he wouldn't fool with it. Right? He don't touch that type of stuff. But I'm sorry, I got a tongue and I got taste buds. You can eat tofu and all that all y'all want. If God gave me taste buds, he want me, he want me to taste stuff. He the one who said, oh, taste and see. And your, your, your tongue is made to taste sour things or salty things and sweet things. And so he, he wants you to taste sweet things. So back to my cotton candy stand. You had a cotton candy stand in here. Now, us people, we people who are, you know, we're, you know, young and hot. We, we would line up and get some cotton candy. How many would eat some cotton candy up in here? There we go. I got some cotton candy people. All right. I would line up for that cotton candy. And I would enjoy that cotton candy. 
And that stuff would melt in my mouth. And it may not be good for me. My tummy might say, hey, you didn't do anything. You haven't done, what have you done for me? All right? Man, my tongue is going to say, mm-mm. But the point is, is that it, that's how things are. We can say, oh, I had fun. Yes, you had fun, but it was just like cotton candy. It only lasted for a second. It only lasted while you had it in your mouth. It only lasted while you're there. And afterwards, it's over. It doesn't satisfy. I'm telling you, God is not like that. He said when you get the Holy Ghost, uh, you get the rivers of living water. It will flow and continue to flow. Uh, You can keep it going and keep it going and keep it going. And it will satisfy you. But you got to buy into it. You can't just keep tasting it. Some of us are too busy keep trying to taste. And God's saying, you don't understand the purpose of the taste. I'm trying to give you a taste so you can buy in. Oh, hallelujah. Those of you who are born in, you know what I'm talking about. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field. Matthew 13 and 44. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field. If I want the kingdom of heaven, the Bible says, first of all, it's like unto a treasure. It is worth a whole lot. Make no mistake about it. To, uh, some, some people, they will forfeit the treasure, but just because some people forfeit the treasure, just like Esau, just for a morsel of bread, or, 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 or some lentils, or, or peas, or whatever you want to call it, or beans, if some people say this and that, whatever you want to call it, it was pottage, but he, he, he forfeited his birthright just for something that was only temporary, something that would satisfy his flesh temporarily. But the problem was because he forfeited that which was worth a whole lot more sooner or later he was going to go back to wanting it and it wasn't going to be available for him I'm here to tell you right now the kingdom of God is just like that you can keep on tasting and rejecting but sooner or later it's going to be too late and you're going to go looking for it and it won't be there Jesus says seek me while I can be found while I'm near. Because there will come a day. The Bible says Esau. He got to a point. Uh, that he sought the blessings. Uh, even with tears. Uh, he realized his mistake. Uh, he realized he forfeited the blessings. Uh, he realized he forfeited the, the, the birthright. Uh, he realized he forfeited what God had purposed. Uh, and promised. Uh, and then when he got to that point. The Bible says he repented. Uh, he even wept and cried sorrowfully. He got to the place where he became bitter. He couldn't get it now. And so, the kingdom is likened to a treasure hid in the field, the which when a man have found, he hideth. He finds a treasure that's hidden. And then he grabs it. And now he hides it. 
And the kingdom is just like that. You see, if you're going to get the kingdom and understanding the value of the kingdom, there are some things that are hidden. Oh, hallelujah. And if you want it, you're going to have to seek for it. Now, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm going, I, I was kind of weird. Oh, some of you say I'm still, uh, I'm still weird, but I was kind of weird. I, I, you know, I, when I was a little kid, I'm talking about. You know, I, I, you know, I, you watch a cartoon and people digging up stuff and finding treasures and all that. I'm like, whoa, okay. Now, if y'all saw any holes in the backyard, that was me. I, I was, I was young. I forget how old I was. I had the notion that I can go in the backyard and dig up some treasure. So I had enough sense to know it wasn't laying out on the ground. See, things that are valuable just not laying out anywhere. Oh, wow. Things that are valuable, they're normally hidden somewhere. That it takes some work, some excavation and whatever. And so I went to go dig up in my backyard. Guess what I got? Nothing. Because it's just not anywhere. Things that are, oh, hallelujah. Things that are valuable, it's not trite. And the kingdom of just like that. The kingdom of God is just like that. And, and you, you, you can't just go find it anywhere. I said, people go church hopping, going here, go there, go everywhere. And everywhere. You just can't find God and the presence of God everywhere. But once you find it, once you experience it, once you taste it. He said, I, he, the, the, this man who found this treasure that was hidden, and, and, and he went and he found it, and he hid it. And look what he did. Can I put the uh, Matthew 13 and verse 44 on the screen? And he hid it in the field. He found a treasure in the hidden field, and which when the, a man had found, he hideth, and for joy. Everybody say for joy. Thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath. And by that field. He found the treasure. It was free. But in order for him to keep the treasure. He had to put it somewhere. And he purchased. It had to cost him something. And he realized, you know what? This thing is worth it. He sold everything he had for the treasure. The Bible says in, we have this treasure in our earthen vessel. You see, God gave us the Holy Ghost, and it was absolutely free. I'm not telling you you have to earn the Holy Ghost. You don't have to earn the Holy Ghost. If you want the Holy Ghost, if you want the Spirit of God, hey, if you want your sins washed away, if you want to go down in that water, you want his name, it's absolutely free. You don't have to pay for a thing. But if you want Jesus and his kingdom, it's going to cost you everything. I know some people are not willing to pay. I understand that. I understand that. And, and it's no pressure. You understand? It's no pressure. Now, I know I got this, this, this message, and I know it's for today. So you're in this place, you, God is telling you, and I don't care who you are, I don't care if you come here every week, this message is for you this morning. 
Because we, we need to ask ourselves, is it worth it? Is it worth the cost? I've decided a long time ago. I've decided a long time ago. It's worth. You see, some people want something. They want. They want to cheat. Some people have a sense of entitlement. Jesus, give me everything. Give me all things, and I may give you something in return. Why is it so quiet in here, y'all? People act like I'm talking to y'all. I'm not talking about y'all. Why are you taking it so personal? I'm just preaching the message. Listen to this. 1 Samuel chapter 10 and verse number 1. Watch this. Y'all okay? Y'all all messed up? Well, all right. I'm just wondering. Then Samuel took a veil, a vial, I'm sorry. Now Samuel is the prophet. Samuel is the man of God. He took some oil, and he was looking to go anoint a king. God said, I'm going to give the people a king. And then Samuel, the prophet, he took the oil, the, the vial of oil, and, and, and it was really a big vase. It was like, it, was, it wasn't some little, you know how we do, we, we put the little thing. Man, they, they really poured it on you. And he poured it upon uh, Saul's head, okay? And he kissed him, and he said, is it not because the Lord have anointed thee to be the captain over his inheritance? Now, Saul is just anointed as the king. He just received the anointing. How many songs we sing, send down your anointing. Let your anointing fall. I need your anointing. How many songs are in the uh, church world is talking about the anointing? Everybody wants the anointing. I'm going to let you know the anointing is free. You can have the whole oil of the Holy Ghost poured on you. It's free. Now watch this. So he got that. And when thou art departed from me today, watch this. Then thou shalt find two men by Rachel's sepulcher in the border of Benjamin at Zilzal, or Zilza, uh, to uh, seek. Uh, let's see, I'm sorry. And they will say unto thee, the donkeys, which thou wentest uh, to seek a found. And so he lost his father's donkeys. And, um, and, 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 and he said, uh, now you're going to be able to find what you lost. There are some people who've lost some things in here. And he was saying, now what you came to look for, Saul, you're going to find it. You're going to get anointed. You're going to find which was lost. And he says, thy father have left the care of the donkeys and, 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 and sorrow for thee, saying, what shall I do for my son? Thou shalt go on forward thence. Now, you're going to go a little further. Even after you get anointed and even after you find what you, 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 you're looking for and after you get right with the father, he said, you're going to go a little further. And thou shalt come to the plain of Tabar, and thou shalt meet three men going up to God 
to Bethel. Bethel or Bethel is the house of God. And you're going to see some men at the house of God. And they're going to be carrying some three kids and carrying some loaves of bread and, 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 and bottle of wine. That was the, again, the Holy, that represents the Holy Ghost and the bread of life. The, the bread is the, is the word of God. And you're going to get the word of God. You're going to get the spirit of God. And they will salute thee. Man, they're going to, they, these men of God, they're going to salute you. In other words, they're going to give honor to you. All these things are happening. And, and, thou sh- and, and they're going to give you some loaves of bread. And uh, he said, which thou shalt receive at thy hands. And after, thou, after that, thou shalt come to the hill of God. Now you're coming to the hill of God. And where there's going to be a garrison of Philistines. You're going to be right there before your enemies. And it shall come to pass. When thou come thither to the city, thou shalt meet a company of prophets. Now you're going to be in a company of prophets coming down from the high place with the psaltery and, and the tab- tabret and the pipe and the harp. Then they, they, they had some worship and some praise going on. He, man, they had a, he, he had everything going on. Man, he had the word of God. He had the, the anointing. He had the, 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 the Holy Ghost going in. And he, he got things that were lost and then he got restored with his father. All these things. Now he coming to the company of the prophets and the Bible says they're going to prophesy over you. Man, he has, he's a, I'm telling you what, he's having a good day. <laughs> I'm telling you, how many of us would like to have that in the church service? He said, and the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them. Now, how many would like that? Next thing you know, these guys prophesying to you. Next thing you know, the Holy Ghost following you, you prophesying. Man, he, he, he's doing well, right? You're going to prophesy with them. And thou shalt be turned into another man. So all that's going to happen. And let it be when these signs have come upon thee that thou shalt do as occasion serve thee. For God is with thee. And thou shalt go down before me to Gilgal. Gilgal. And so the prophet saying, hey, I want you to go before me to Gilgal. And behold, I will come down unto thee to offer burnt offerings and to sacrifice sacrifices of peace offerings. He said, I am going to come and I'm going to do. I want you to go to Gilgal and I want you to wait for me. All these things are going to happen to you. You're going to participate in all these things. And when you get to Gilgal, wait, because now I got to do my part. I'm going to sacrifice offerings and I'm, I'm going to uh, uh, burnt offerings and sacrifice peace offerings. Seven days shalt thou tarry till I come to thee and show thee what thou should, shalt do. And when I do that, I'm going to show you what you need to do. And it was so that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him another heart. Now get this, God began to work in his life, changed him that day. And all those signs came to pass, everybody say that day. And one day, I'm telling you what, this guy had a great day. I mean, this is probably the best day of anybody in the Bible. All those things came on him in one day. And guess what? It was free. It didn't cost him anything. He didn't have to go through anything. All of it. In one day. But we find seven days later, he's getting antsy. 
The prophet didn't show up like when he thought he should. God didn't show up like he thought he should. Now the Philistine army has him surrounded. And now he's getting a little afraid and he doesn't really know what he should do. And then the Bible says that Saul began to offer up the burnt offerings and and the peace offerings. And he began to take the place of the prophet of God. And the prophet of God walked through the sea and said, what are you doing? And he, that day, God began to say, oh, you messed up big time. What was going on? He, he, he began to disobey God. And the same day a good spirit came in him, it took him seven days later to take matters in his own hands. And the problem was this, is that it didn't cost him anything. cost him nothing. It was all free of charge. He was able to taste it and now he had a sense of entitlement and felt like hey, it's okay. I can do things this way and I can do it that way. You see, it had to have cost him something. He didn't understand the value because he got everything that happened to him in one day. In a moment. And sometimes we want God to do something just like that. Oh, hallelujah. He placed no value on the word. Because he received the kingdom of God without a cost. He became king without a cost in one day. And then you have David. 17-year-old boy. He was anointed king. Oil poured on his head. Now, it didn't happen to David in one day. He didn't have any prophets prophesying over him that same day. Amen. He didn't. He wasn't prophesying, and and, and he didn't have people come and playing the tabard and the harp and the singing and the dancing, and, and he didn't go up to the house of God and he. Oh, hallelujah. He did none of that happen to him. As a matter of fact, after he was anointed, he went back to uh, watching over a few sheep and his brothers being mad at him. And things going sour. Then we find David years later. And David was a man who made some mistakes. And the Bible says this of, of David. He, uh, he made a big mistake. It really, what really get this? Now Saul disobeyed God and tried to take the place of the prophet. All David did was count count the, the army. He counted the army of God, and this plague broke out. And the reason why? Because he wasn't trusting God. And so this plague breaks out in Second Samuel chapter twenty-four. And, and so now God is saying, I, "What I want you to do is that I'm going to cause the plague to stop." And, and, and so the Bible tells us that David, he goes to this field, and it was Arunah. So if you could put uh, 2 Samuel 24 and verse 21. Now watch this. And Arunah said, Wherefore is my Lord the king come to his servant? And David said to buy. Everybody say to buy. To buy the threshing floor of thee. He wasn't trying to get it for free. 
He said to buy the threshing floor, to build an altar unto the Lord. Hey, I don't know about you, but if you're going to build an altar to God, you got to buy the floor first. And he said, I'm, I'm going to buy this floor, and then I'm going to build a threshing, uh, uh, an altar unto the Lord, that the plague may be staying from the people. And Aruna said unto David, let my lord the king take and offer up what seemeth good unto him. Now he said, just take it, it's free. See, Saul said, hey, I'm going to take what's mine. David said, no, I'm not going to do it that way. And so he said, let my Lord take and offer what seemeth good. Behold, here, here, here be the oxen for the burnt sacrifice. And here's the threshing instruments and other instruments of the oxen for wood. I'm giving you everything. All these things did Aruna as a king give to the king. And Aruna said unto the king, the Lord thy God accept thee. And the king said unto Aruna, nay, or no, I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which cost me nothing. I am, I, David understood Hey, if I'm going to get anything in God, I, I, I have to know it's going to cost me something. Oh, I know. Oh, hallelujah. You see, David, understand, this is David years later, way after the time that he was anointed, after the time he fought giants, and after the time he had to hit, hide in caves, and he had to dodge spears, and and. and, and duck bullet, so to speak. His life was threatened for 13 years and he understood the cost to be a king. He said, no, if I'm going to get something, I got to understand it's going to cost me. And so, in other words, anybody have any money on them? Y'all, y'all don't act like y'all put it all in your offering. Come on, pull that money out. Come on, pull that money out. I know you got some money. No, I'm just messing with you. Look at everybody. Pull out. That's not for me. I'm not. Pull out. Come on, lift your money up. Come on. Come on. Go ahead, pull it out. She said, I got a bank card. Hey, that's plastic money. That's it. Pull it out. Come on, pull it out. Y'all think I'm crazy. Pull that money out. Don't worry. I'm see some of you didn't want to pull out. You think I'm great? Actually, put in the offering. I tried it one time on God. It didn't work too well. I, I kid you not. Keep your money out. I'm going somewhere. I, I tried it one time. I, I was just I was new in the church. I think I was saved for about it. I, as a matter of fact, I wasn't even married yet. I can remember that. I was in a, a living in this uh, this studio apartment, and I, I just got into the church from the world. And I had just had a lawsuit from when I wasn't in the church. And I hurt myself. It was my fault. But I was on my job. But you know, my, 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 my vision was blurry then. <laughs> Lines were kind of blurry. It's like, I'm going hey, I'm to get me some money. And so I, I sued. 
And I pursued, and something was telling me, drop this. You know you were at fault. I know this is a blessing. Yeah, we do that, don't we? Oh, yeah, it's a blessing. I was going to be blessed. All right? Got this lawsuit, got the money. I was going to go buy a car. Put that, I think I put $1,500, $500 down on the car at an auction deal. You know, because you had to pay $500. And then I was going to go back home, get my money, give them the rest. I got back home, my money was gone. Yes. But I had, before that, before I found out my money was gone, because, I, man, I, I, had, I, had, I had a wad, you know. And, and I, but see, I had like, I forget, like $27. And one pocket was like a lot of ones. And it may, have been, it may have been a little more than that, 37 or something like that. On that side, but it was like ones and fives and, you know, whatever. So it was kind of like that. And on, on the other side, I had my hundreds. Yeah? Fifties. And so I'm in the church service. I'm just, I'm just saved, you know, and not so long ago saved. I'm in the church. I'm worshiping. Hey, praise God. Everything is wonderful. I just got blessed. Amen. And they talking about the offering. Now, I'm used to putting a dollar in the basket. Amen. <laughs> Some of y'all got quiet on that. I'm used to throwing that dollar in the basket. He said, oh, yeah, come and give. And they were talking about I said, oh, I'm feeling real good. I, got, I just put my $500 down. I got my few thousand dollars going to get my car. I got money on this pocket. I got money in that pocket. I come up. I'm like, yeah, praise God. Praise. He says, okay. So we're going to take up offering. It was doing praise and offering. I mean, it was praise and worship. And they talk, talking about the offering. We're going to give good offering and all that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, hallelujah. And I'm like, check my pocket. Okay, yeah, yeah. Put my money back in there. It's like, okay, just trying to check what pocket I'm supposed to get. Right? All right, hey, these are the hundreds. And the fifties, it's like 37. I think maybe 40. I know it's a little amount. You know, I was like, oh, yeah. And I thought, okay, I'm going to throw all of that in there. Oh, yeah, praise. I'm going to throw all of it in there. I was feeling real good, too. Man, I'm praising. I'm like, damn, I'm doing the church, too. And I, I'm going to. Good time in church. Oh, yeah. Some say, what if you put the wrong thing? I say, I, I know. I know I put the right one in there. And it's still praise and work. You know how y'all stand up here to the, the, the singing, you singers and all that? And they were still up there, right? Everybody praising. I said, now let me check. Everybody's worshiping. I said, okay. I ain't wanted to kind of look at I, I'm thinking somebody's going to see me. I think uh, the Holy God was seeing me, right? And so I put, I'm like, okay, put my hands down. I was like, Yeah, it was like, uh oh. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, I put the wrong one in there. I put the hundreds. I put all the hundreds in the 50s. Man, I was left with 47 something dollars or whatever it was. I was like, oh no, how can I do that? I don't know, whoever that was, they counted that money. I said, man, we got a big offering tonight. 
I guess I didn't have the carriage or whatever to say. Say, hey, I'm pushing my ass wrong. That's around. You saw not. That's my not wrong. Not. Hey, wrong. I made a mistake. Can I get it back? I didn't do that. I said, well, I still got that few thousand dollars at home. I'm all right. Praise God. I'm all right. I got that money at home. I get home. My door is halfway open to my apartment. I'm like, what in the world? What in my door? I didn't lock my door. This is crazy. I didn't lock my door. How can I not do that? Oh, my money. My thought, there's no way anybody will know where my money is. You see, I, I kept it in my clothes and put it in my closet, I guess. That's, and I said, nobody's going to look in my, my clothes and know my, it's in my inside of my my, my, some of my clothing, a jacket or something I had it inside one of those. Not. I mean, that was bigger than other. I mean, it was in there. And I'm like, nobody's going to whatever. That's fine. I get in there. I'm like, go to my, my closet. Go through my, you know, and went down to where I put the money. Guess what? Gone. Somebody wrote a note. This is your neighbor. Your door was locked, unlocked, so I think they said I shut it, but it wasn't, it wasn't locked all the way because I know I opened it. And uh, so I shut it for you. Somebody, I was like, what? This is crazy. And so I called the police. Hey. They took my money. Guess what? They wanted to lock me up for following a false report. Because, you know, I'm going to tell you why. Because after all that, I was like, all right, God. You, you just, you, you're slick. Okay. I knew, I knew the God. I knew God was involved. Because I realized, because the Holy Ghost was eating me up. Because well, I knew I got, I got the money from slipping. I was playing basketball on my job. I was probably working. I had my gym clothes. had my sneakers. It wasn't lunch break, and I was a ball hawk. <laughs> and I played, and I fell, and boom. And this is before I got saved. So it was like, hey, I'm going to get fired if I say I fell playing ball. So I slipped down the steps when I was on patrol. <laughs> Something was wet. And I was working at John's Hackers. I know they had money. Y'all going to pay me. See, that was my, ma- my mindset. So when you first come to church, you got some messed up mindsets. And we can try to act like everything is okay. And I came to church, I got God, and I'm feeling wonderful. That was free. I got the Holy Ghost. Yes, I got baptized. Woo-wee, I'm starting to live for God. And I still got some of this money from not doing right. And God is dealing with me in my heart, saying, you know, you got to do things right. And you know what? God will talk to you if you'll listen. 
He said, oh, you tasted in my kingdom, but I want to know, are you willing to buy in? Are you willing to let go of some thoughts and, and some ways and, and then seek my ways, seek my faith, seek my heart? And it cost me dearly. And so when I called the cops, I just smiled. I said, yeah. I said, officers, somebody came to my house. And I was like, they, they broke in this and all that. And he was, I mean, he was questioning me. Like, he was giving me the third degree. I said, what are you acting like I'm the criminal for? I said, somebody stole my money. And he started talking about, you know, you, you know there's a penalty for filing false reports. What are you talking about filing false reports? I'm ready to get mint out of shape. And I thought about it. I said, oh, I see. Because of my demeanor and all that, I was like, well, I just lost it. He said, come on, how many people, how are you going to have your place broken into the way it was because there was no signs of forced entry, none of that? And, and he said, come on. And I explained everything. He said, that cannot happen. He was like, it's no way in the world that no one's going to find that money. Like, no, that's impossible. Your story doesn't add up. Let me tell you something. It all adds up when you decide I'm going to buy into the kingdom. I don't know what God is doing in your life. God said, hey, you can get a taste. But I want to know, are you willing to buy in? Because you buy, it's going to cost you. Oh, hallelujah. I said, it's going to cost you something. And some people have already decided, you know what? That's too much for me to pay. Peter said, Jesus, we've forsaken all to follow thee. Jesus said, let me tell you something, Peter. Nobody has left their lands, houses, uh, children, husbands, wives, for my sake that shall not receive a hundredfold in this life and eternal life to come. And when you Buy in to the kingdom. You're, you're, you're not a victim. You're not at loss. You know, things don't always go the way we want it to. Can I get an amen on that? And many times we feel like, you know, we have a sense of entitlement. We're, we're like, I'm sorry to say, Saul in certain ways. Well, God blessed me. He did this in my life, that in my life. And now, and I sh- because he did everything in one day, now everything's supposed to go the way I desire and want it to. I wish living for God was like that. This is not Disney World. It's not Burger King where you can have it your way. Bible says Jesus spoke one day to a great multitudes that they were with him. And the multitudes, they were really following him because of what he could do. They were following, following him because of the miracles he performed. They were following him because he can feed thousands. They were following him for his word that he spoke because he spoke with such authority. And they followed him for all those things. But he turned around and said, if any man should come, come to me, he said, and hate not 
his father and mother and wife and children and brother and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, they were strong words. Now, he doesn't really mean for you to hate people. Because that's not promoting that. But what he was saying, in the grand scheme of things, if you're not willing to put, that's really another way of saying putting the kingdom of God in him first. And he's saying, in comparison to me and my kingdom, if you're not willing to put everything else, even your own life, on the back burner for me. You see, there are a lot of people that have struggled with their walk with God simply because they look at their schedule, they look at their calendar, they look at their life and say, now let me see how I can squeeze God in. And when you live like that, you never have time for God. And so he said, what you need to do is just you put me first. And then he said, I'm going to add everything else to you. You see, I found that's the way to live for God. And then have what you need in this world. Everything I need, God supplies. Oh, hallelujah. But when you're searching and seeking and and trying to get some bread that doesn't satisfy you. And Jesus went on, whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my, my disciple. For which of you intended to build a tower, sit of not down first and count up the cost? You got to count the cost. Whether it be sufficient to finish it, lest happily after he have laid the foundation and is not able to finish it. And all that behold, it began to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king, sit if not down first and consulted whether he is able to, uh, with 10,000 to meet him? Uh, that cometh against him of 20,000. He go on and says, So likewise, whatsoever or whosoever he be of you, that forsaketh not all that he have, he cannot be my disciple. You see, when Jesus made those, that, those statements, and then he started talking about uh, eating my flesh and drinking my blood, everybody started walking away. When you, you were talking good, when Jesus was talking good, you know, I said, you're talking good, Pastor. When, when, when he was talking good, they were like, preach, Jesus, preach. Feed me. Heal me. But when he started saying, you know what, it's going to cost you something. The Bible said many people started going away. The the message Bible reads it like this, if you would permit me just to read it. One day when large crowds of people were walking along with him, Jesus turned and told them, anyone who comes to me but refuses to let go of father, mother, spouse, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even his one's own self cannot be my disciple. Anyone who won't shoulder his own cross and follow behind me cannot be my disciple. Is there any of you who plan to build a new house? Instead of not down first and, and, and figure the cost so you'll know if you're able to complete it. If you only get the foundation laid and then you run out of money, you're going to look pretty foolish. This is the message Bible now. He says, everyone passing by you will poke fun at you. He started something he couldn't finish. I didn't come in this thing to start and not finish. I'm not just tasting. I'm buying in. 
He said, oh, can you imagine a king going into battle against another king without first deciding whether it'd be possible with 10,000 troops to face the 20,000 troops of, of, of the other? And if he decides he can't, won't he send an emissary and work out a truce? Simply put, if you're not willing to take what is dearest to you, whether plans or people, and kiss it goodbye, you can't be my disciple. Show me your money. You still got that money out? Show me your money. See, Jesus is telling you. Jesus is saying, okay, I've given you a taste. You tasted of the kingdom of God. I gave you the taste and it was absolutely free. The question I have for you, Jesus is saying, is my kingdom and am I worth it? If I am, show me your money. I'm not talking about an offering. So you're missing the point if you think I'm talking about an offering. That's what we do as far as the church. But God is asking you. You see, it's all about this. Bible says, what will a man give in exchange for his own soul? The treasure it was, was, was in the hidden field. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. The treasure is free, but you got to buy the field. You got to hide the treasure and you got to buy the field. What, am I, what do I mean by that? The Bible says, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? I got a question for you. What in this world is worth more than your soul? Absolutely nothing. So I got a question. One more question for you. Now that you've tasted. How many have tasted and it's really good? I believe it is because some of you, if this is your first time, God bless you. Thank you for coming. But some of you, this is your second time, a third time, a fourth time, a fifth time. And so you hopefully you're coming back for a reason. Because God is good. And he's worth everything to me. Won't you stand, please? Bible says that David said, hey, I'm going to build me an altar. And I'm going to worship God and I'm going to restore some things. I'm going to open this altar up. What's the worth on your salvation? What's the worth on your walk and your relationship with God? I don't want a bargain basement relationship with God. God is not having a blue dot sale. He's not having a clearance. He's not going out of business. You know, when uh, we shop, a lot of times we shop for value. That's what we say, but really we... We shop really for bargain. 
we don't shop for value. When we claim we shop for value, what we're saying is, I want to find something cheap. If I can get it cheaper, I want it. And so we don't shop for value. We shop for, but I'm telling you, I'm like that. I will go to four different stores to save some money. And my wife is like, why don't you just get that here? I said, no, uh-uh, I'm not going. To, I know it costs money. I, I, I look at price tags. I go crazy about price tags. But I'm really not shopping for value. I'm shopping for bargains. But the problem is, and the saying is always true, you get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. Now, some things, I'm going to say it this way. Some things, I'm, I'm a stickler. Now, if I bring some sugar in my house, it's not Domino's. That's going to be a problem. Now, some of you like, I don't, I, I, you know what? I, if, if, if the recipe called for one cup, if it's not Domino's, you're going to pour two cups of sugar. Because the value is in that product, in the, the, the brand name. If you're not using Todd or Gain, when I, when I'm telling you what, I'm serious. Well, we had, you know, we had to run to the store real quick, and we just got something that I ended up pulling like three cups full of detergent, and then pull a little bit more inside because my clothes got to be a certain way. I got to be real clean, and they got to have a certain smell. And some of those fake detergents, you can't get a good smell in that stuff. You know why? Because you get what you pay for. Some of you, you're not getting what you want because you're not paying to get what you need to get. Show me the money. It's going to cost you something. Is there anybody that's willing? Come on, won't you come? This has nothing to do with church and giving money and offering and everything else. This has something to do with you giving your life to him. Is this kingdom worth it? Is your soul worth it?